0: A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. Thank you to our sponsor, Rising Tide Brewing. They take time and pride in giving back to the Greater Portland community. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the main community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you for tuning in to In the Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards. And our guest today, we have two. One is Jordia Benjamin. She's the Deputy Director at Indigo Arts Alliance. And our second guest is Ren Manley. She is the Director of External Affairs at Indigo Arts Alliance. Please introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone out there.
1: Again, this is Jordia Benjamin, Deputy Director at Indigo Arts Alliance. I have been living in Maine for about five years and been that over just a few months, so I'm really excited to be heading up um, and be working within a wonderful organization that is really around amplifying black and brown artists, not only in the states, but nationally and also internationally. And I'm going to let my colleague and co-host, I guess, today, Brennan, <laughs> to
2: introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Brand Manley and I am the Director of External Affairs for Indigo Arts Alliance. Um, I moved to Portland, Maine about um, ooh, almost, a, almost a year ago now uh, from Washington, DC. Uh, but I came, um, came up here to be closer to family and
0: um,
2: originally from Massachusetts, so it definitely feels nice to be back in
0: be back in New England. <laughs> great so i know that there's a lot of great things that indigo arts alliance is doing they're really good at incubating ideas um, and artists that come along with those ideas can we talk about i think the blackbird project so far of course yeah
2: so we are in the midst of our beautiful blackbird uh, children's
0: book festival
2: this is a virtual festival that started last year And originally, the festival was going to be this block party um, right outside of our uh, Cove Street studio. But obviously with the pandemic, um, we had to pivot to online and through that we were actually able to to reach a wider audience. So we reached over um, 100,000 people in over 44 countries. And the festival uh, aims to celebrate and honor the legacy of children's illustrator and author Ashley Bryan and celebrate all Black um, creators and writers. And so we feature um, about seven to eight books um, that represent um, BIPOC, uh, Black and Brown um, children and families. And We also give away books and art supplies uh, as well as uh, develop an educators toolkit for um, families and for uh, teachers alike and their uh, curriculum. So this year uh, we're planning on distributing over 3,000 books um, and then about 500 art kits and supplies. So we're very excited to see. Um, See these book bags and supplies in the hands of uh, kiddos in Portland and
0: in Lewiston, Maine. Awesome. What is in the educator's kit?
2: So, additional uh, activities and uh, writing workshop um, prompts and um, different movement activities. We've partnered with various organizations in the community. Um, particularly the Telling Room for the Writing Workshop, and then Portland Ovation's for Movement, and then um, Indigo, um, us being a creative and arts organization, we um, compiled all the art activities with the help of um, some folks with Love Lab and then the um, Contemporary Art Museum up in Rockland. Um, And so this year we really wanted to build a robust educators uh, toolkit and align the festival with the start of the academic year. Um, So we are so excited to see all this work in classrooms and um, throughout the year. And I should mention to you that all the content online is available year round, as well as the content that was produced last year.
0: Awesome. In 44 countries, were you expecting just to be just the United States, or was that a reasonable, like, yeah, we're going to hit 44 countries?
2: Yeah, I think originally it was, um, since it was supposed to be this outdoor block um, block party, I think the original goal is just for our community in Portland, and then with everything, we uh, we realized just the void and the need for the program, um, as well as just the general need to um, for for all children really to see themselves in literature. And so um, I think we quickly realized with the pivot to online how necessary this program is. And so with that, our goals just um, increased in terms of reach and um, just engagement overall.
0: And with the co-founder of Indigo Arts Alliance being a children's book illustrator, among many other things, Has that been kind of the driving force for focusing on children's books and representation there?
2: So it all really falls under our mission to amplify and empower black and brown artists. And so that has um, maintained, we've maintained that goal in everything that we do in all of our programming. And my lovely colleague Jordia here will share more of that work, Um, but that has definitely been the driving force for everything that we do.
1: It was just a plus that Daniel
2: Winter just
1: happened to also, among everything else that he does as a world-renowned artist, that he also produced and illustrates children's books. That was just another um, added addition. Um, But again, to what Ren said, it really was to preserve the legacy and really amplify the legacy of Ashley Bryant, who has contributed tremendously to the education, not only here in Maine, but before. And he also is another well-known Recognized national artist, um, that he also wanted to just like show and highlight his influence in our state, right? And to really bring the name to the forefront of having a rich artist community, and having, adding to that, having a rich white pop artist community in a in a state that we kind of already know we look at the at the numbers is a predominantly white state, and so for us to do the work that we do is just so so important and that's kind of going to walk us back for our audience members that have never heard of Indigo Art Alliance just to give you a little bit of background on who we are, what we do, and why we do it. And so our physical doors opened in 2019, but this was a love child between Daniel Minter and again, who I just mentioned as the co-founder and also artist director here at Indigo Art Alliance. Marcia Minter, who is our executive director and co-founder of Indico Arts Alliance. This, they reached a plateau in their kind of lives having lived in Maine almost about two decades, and they really was thinking about how to again cultivate community so they can be a part of and really again ensure a thriving environment for people of color. And, and so this idea started to kind of twirl of, like where can we, where can artists gather? Where can we bring BIPOC artists from outside of me? nurture, mentor, be in conversation with, that with other Maine-based BIPOC artists? And that's the idea, and then it has grown. And so again, Fiscal Doors open in 2019, and by the time we are really reaching our kind of stride, or stride, in 2020, the pandemic hit, and we had to kind of close our doors. Uh, and everything moved virtually. And so, one of the platforms that we really put a lot of backing behind was the beautiful Black River Children Festival. Brent has really spoken to. Um, but at our heart, we are an artists in residence program. And just to give you a kind of a little background of numbers of artists that we have already hosted so far since our opening in 2018, we hosted eight artists uh, in residence, and that, I'll speak to more of this, but we have a mentor mentee style program. And 2020, we hosted five, and three of those artists were virtual residencies. And um, 2021, right now, so far we have hosted 10 artists in residents. one Black Seed Fellow, which again, honors another legacy in our main environment, David C. Driscoll. And we will have two more artists that will close out this year as our artisan mentor artisan residence as a mentor mentee pair. And then we'll also have another artist for our Black Seed David Seeker School fellow uh, for our for fall excuse me, semester. I can keep going about years because that's really <laughs> who we are.
0: <laughs> How do you um, decide who will be an artist in residency? How do you decide who will be the mentor?
1: Prior to opening, so uh, 2019, up to this current moment, all of our mentors and our mentees have been through an in- invitational um, residence. And so we have a, a committee of, of artists, of scholars, of writers, of critics, of collectors, in our network and in our circles that come together and create a list. And then that list, artists were invited to participate as a resident. However, because we're growing and the model is changing and we want to be more inclusive, we want to ensure that we're extending our reach as much as we can. We're doing a hybrid model for next year. And so right now we're in the process of really like mapping that out and what that looks like in how many um, artists that we can reach. And so that hybrid model will consist of, again, an invitational model, but also a nominational model as well. So we're reaching, reaching out to significant folks within our network to suggest artists that we might not be aware of, that might not be on our radar, that can potentially be in residence with us. And for our mentees, uh, it's also to another way of networking within our community. Not we don't know everyone, right? Even though our community is very small, there might be folks that are in transit that has just moved to me, that has an artist background, um, and that is looking to explore their artist uh, creative practice. And so, this is another way for us to expand our reach here and to ensure that we are amplifying our community members that are living currently in the state. And so just to define, when me say mentorship and mentor-mentee, what those words mean, right? And another aspect of Indigo is we're defining these traditional uh, terms ourselves, right? We're redefining words that are commonly, commonly used that have some colonial um, grounding and colonial aspects. So we're trying to break in molds in that way. And so for us, mentor and mentorship, we're defining it as, a dialogue between and among artists who share cultural histories and evidence. We intentionally pair local, national, and international artists with uh, together to really cultivate rich conversations, collaborations, and exchange experiences, stories, knowledge, art, industry information, and technical skills Throughout the residency, the two-paired artists, they are expected to work together. They're expected to be in community together so they can learn from each other. Um, and they are they have their own the freedom to work independently as well. And the goal for this pairing is to really build positive relationships and to enhance and stretch um, each artist as artists and creative practice, practice um, but also as human beings and then um, we also want this men- mentorship model to encompass a joint community engagement connection to artists and the general public and so we often host um, kind of public engagement public talks artist talks etc that really showcases their creative practice while increasing awareness of the skills and the thought leadership of diverse talent Now, this can also take another form of like apprenticeships to advance skills outside of the artist's traditional mediums.
0: That's such a great explanation because I'm not technically an artist, so I have no idea what artists in residency do. So that was great. Doing this is an art form. So yes, we're going (laughs) to add you into the (laughs) artist pool. (laughs) Thank you. So you said there are going to be 10 artists in residency this coming year? Wow, and that's like double from last year?
1: It's about keeping the same consistent number. Um, last year, what I said, we had 2020, which was five, I mean, the pandemic, I and mean, we're still in a pandemic, um, but we're moving to a model and being able to host residency a little bit more flexible, like um, in person. Uh, and so technically we'll have uh, 13 for uh next year and we still will maintain 13 this year as well so we're maintaining our numbers and we're growing actually Uh, and so it's really exciting to see how things are unfolding and things are taking shape and we are i'm so excited about this model too because we're very flexible and adaptable it's not a rigid model which allows you to really mold and shape to the artists that you're bringing in because artists they're individuals as well and so you want to ensure that You create a space that they're able to kind of see themselves fully bringing all of themselves as an artist and they're really able to take
0: advantage of
1: the experience that we offer.
0: That sounds awesome. Have you either of you been artists in residencies anywhere?
1: No, but uh, my earlier part of the career I've been also working in the arts for over 15 years. And so the, at the beginning of my career, I worked, at, I worked at an academic institution that also had a residency model and component as a part of a, as an off branch of the museum at the university. And so I was able to, as an undergrad, be in community with artists coming into spaces and creating and seeing that model. And um, I eventually started working there um, towards the end of my um, education um, at that institution. But it really provided kind of an understanding of how substantial artists and their presence and them working in a space does to a space right? It really enriches, it really, it benefits a whole community. And so Indigo does that here as well. Um, Having artists come into the space they change the space. Their laughter, their art, their joy, their brilliance is kind of embedded into our walls. It's embedded into our fabrics. And community members that come into the space, they're embracing all of that. And so when we have new artists, again, it's just adding to that awesome aura that we're able to exhibit daily. And it just pulls like the staffing, right? There's not a day that we don't thrive in that environment that is cultivated consistently by the means of creation and artists filling space.
0: Do you have anything you want to add to that, (laughs) Ray? I mean, yeah.
2: So, I mean, I like to think of myself as a creative. Um, I've never uh, officially participated um, myself in an artist residency program, but I grew up in a very creative home. Uh, My mom's an artist and art teacher, and um, my dad is a writer. And then my sister um, is a artist. She's actually a local um, Portland um, resident as well. um, And her and her husband are um, painter, muralist, artist here. So I feel like um, I've just kind of through them absorbed this um, artist-in-residency life. Uh, my brother-in-law is actually a resident here at Indigo. So that was definitely um, part of my introduction to, uh, to Indigo. So it was definitely in the family. <laughs>
0: I think I see the family resemblance now that you say that you have a, <laughs> a sister who's a muralist. I can think of her husband's name, but I can't think of her name at the moment, but. Rachel Adams. There we go. yeah. Shout out. I love you, Rachel. <laughs> so we've talked about the Blackbird Festival. We've talked about the mentor-mentee relationships, the artists and residencies. Is there anything else we should be talking about?
1: Not only do we like really host space and creative, a creative space for artists, by um, the artists, but we also mentor um, younger audiences as well. And so we're talking about kind of through the, through the avenue of internships. And so for the upcoming fall semester, we do have two internships um, of currently available. We have a studio arts and programming administration intern and then also a marketing communication intern as well. And so if you are a college student Uh, attending any school within the state of Maine, and you consider yourself a BIPOC individual, we have opportunities to learn, to grow, to be a community, and also maybe an opportunity to work with artists as well, because like I said, we have two artists that will be coming in as mentor-mentee at the end to close us out for the end of this year and so we'll be programming around those artists and so we rely heavily on our interns to assist us with that work through creating kind of um, programming models um, to assisting with new contacts um, that we need to be engaged with involved with Um, really a lot of back-end materials that folks don't get to see they just always see the beautiful end result and they you know be able to explore, and that's great, but it takes a lot of legwork to get there. And so um, they help with a lot of a lot of behind the scene aspects. And so it's really a great opportunity to get your feet wet, to get a great understanding of what it is to work within the arts field, what it is to work within a, a residency model, and then also what it is to be in community with other BIPOC, BIPOC folks.
2: Yeah. And just to kind of add to that, especially about all the live work and, um, heavy lifting, I do want to recognize with the beautiful Blackbird Children's Book Festival, our lovely festival partners, I'm Your Neighbor Books and Diverse Book Finder. Uh, this was definitely, um, a brilliant partnership and, um, just so valuable and, uh, just the amount of planning and, um, all the thought leadership that went into this festival is truly remarkable. So a special thank you to to all of our partners and um, sponsors and um, if there's further interest please visit um, our website beautifulblackburn.com and there are ways to get involved and we are looking to close our fundraising gap for this year to be able to um, reach our distribution goals. So please um, check out our website
0: And how long is the beautiful Blackbird Festival? So we are in the middle of it, and it'll
2: run through September 17th. So it
0: aligns directly with the academic school year. And how long are the internships? I assume they're longer than residencies. Mm -hmm. So our residency model right now is a
1: month. Um, It goes from anywhere from two weeks to two months. Uh, And so that will change in the future because, you know, uh, the availability of artists right now. A one month that is a sweet spot for artists to do a residency. And so for the end of the year, our two artists will be in residence for one month exactly. And um, the internship will start in September and will go into the end of the fall semester. So December, will pretty much close out the internship. And so even though they will have about a month to kind of engage with our fall artists, uh, they'll be engaging with art materials or art artist materials until the end of their internship, and so it's a constant um, engagement. We just ended our summer internships, and we had three amazing interns that worked with us. gave us a lot of research materials that we are now incorporating into our fabric as an organization we're moving forward. With so you know interns, they just don't i guess in the traditional form of when you think of internship coffee papers and run coffee like no that's not the style here they actually give um substantial amount of, of leg work that is integrated into our organization so if you want real hands-on experience in the
0: field this is the place awesome well we went over internships we went over residencies we went over the beautiful blackbird festival is there anything else we'd like to talk about
1: I'm um, not so much I know this is only in our know, 20 minute slot but uh, <laughs> I want to say in the Indigo Arts Alliance we are constantly we have so many partners Um, throughout the state of Maine that we're working with and we're programming with. Um, We have programmed over the summer with Portland um, Museum of Art under the David Driscoll exhibition that is opening. That was a tremendous exhibition. Uh, I believe the show closes September 12th. So if you have not seen it, like run, like (laughs) not walk, run to go see the (laughs) exhibition. We have done four programmings with the PMA uh, under the exhibition as well, we have conducted a panel um, that was an all-BIPOC panel that talked about Black experience and Black bodies in, um, in land. The panel was actually called Recon- Reconceptualizing Environmental Justice. That was hosted at the PMA Auditorium in July, at the end of July. And, and the video for that recording is lives on both the PMA and Indigo Arts Alliance Vimeo accounts. So if you just wanted to really dive into that material, I mean, it's out there for you. And then last week, well, not when this aired, but (laughs) August 21st, we hosted a workshop with Daniel Minter that was talking about African ideology and symbolism. And so it was an active in-person workshop. And so participants were able to make a collage and a printmaking workshop that really dived into symbolism as it relates to African um, histories and culture. And then in September, um, the first week right after the Labor Day weekend, we are hosting two, our last two programs back-to-back. We're screening in person at Hannaford Hall, the HBO documentary entitled Black Art in the Absence of Light, And again, that is all about Driscoll's 20 plus years working within um, the art field. It's just an amazing documentary that really highlights all that he brought to the arts and to his positioning in ensuring that Black art was taken serious as an art form in museums, as a curator, as collectors. Uh, and then right after the next day, September 9th, we're hosting a talk back with the documentary film director, Sam Holland, uh, Marcia Minter, and Scout Hegan co-director, um, Sarah Walker will be in conversation as well. So we're really excited to close that out. And so that's just one example of the, part, the rich partnerships that we do locally. There's so many other partnerships that are can spend all day talking about but I'm going to spare you. Um, But I just invite you again to really visit the Indigo Arts Alliance website. All of that information is detailed there and you can really get lost in the amount of programming that we do but we always try to center our um, artists in residence and the reason why we do the work that we did with the PMA around Driscoll was because he really was a mentor, he was a, a friend, and he was the inaugural advisor for Indigo Arts Alliance. And so again, we have another connection to a significant and a celebrated artist that is appreciated on a national level that saw Indigo as a sweet spot to call home.
0: I mean, thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. I'm taking up space and breathing in your air. So (laughs) I appreciate you guys not minding that. And then educating the community about everything that Indigo Arts Alliance is offering from programming to mentorship to internships. Um, What's the plug? How can people reach you or reach Indigo Arts Alliance? I'd say the plug is uh, we are
2: a new black led organization and that right there says a lot. And we um, we want to continue this legacy and be here for years to come. So that means we need the support and trust of our community. So please um, engage with us, visit our website, um, look for ways there uh, to support and um, you know this is all under the umbrella of black institution building so that's why we're here okay. and the website is indigoartsalliance.me and you can also
1: follow us on our instagram our twitter our facebook and you might see us on some other social platforms just saying we did just start TikTok.
0: A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.